0: up everybody it's your man james johnson as you all know managing editor of the jaguars wire one half of the believe in jaguars podcast duo here arriving uh, in solo here for a morning edition of uh believe in the jag so bear with me y'all i haven't had my coffee yet or any of that uh this, this might be a sluggish episode <laughs> to say the least and um as i said i'm doing it solo dolo because uh phil is uh resting up he has to go to work um, today, later in the afternoon. So uh, shout outs to him. Um, but, you know, we've done it before with solo dolo episodes and, um, yeah, your man can maintain and, and what have you. And I'm here to uh, entertain you and, um, you know, drop some knowledge on a uh, what will be probably a quick episode. Um, I want to keep it to the 25 minute mark at the most. Um, hopefully less than that, but um, we're going to be going over these coaching hires, although they haven't been officially named yet. We did want to give you all some content basically uh, for the week, you know, just to get you through the week. And then um, next week, hopefully we can get on another guest as we uh, did last week with Austin Lane. And by the way, shout outs to everybody who listens to that podcast and all the love we've been getting for that podcast and all our archived episodes uh, for that matter. So um, we, we appreciate the love, as always, the support. And uh ask that you continue to rate, comment, subscribe, uh, this, that, and the other, and, and what have you. And um, also, while I'm at it as well, uh, we had a um, fan from, or a listener as well, as a fan from, um, a fan of the Jaguar, should I say, reach out uh, to Phil recently from the UK. And I want to make sure I get his name right because Phil uh, sent it to me, Mike Law, Shoutouts outs to him as well um I, and i know i think we got some other followers we might have there but our statistics don't show us followers outside of the united states um but yeah i think robson who uh you know we've done uh some work with in the past is um you, you know of course he's from the uk uh, but you know we work with him with through uh shant club he listens to the podcast as well if i'm not mistaken so shout outs to him and i mean all our listeners in general over there because uh you know sometimes we can get caught up in the things here in uh the jacksonville realm and you know we you know we forget that you know it's also fans over there listening and and what have you and uh, we appreciate them as well so um you know shout outs to mike and appreciate him reaching out to us and uh you know we'll we'll address some of the things uh you know that's uk related in a later pod but just wanted to um Make sure, um, you know, we we show him some love and we appreciate that. That's exactly what we asked for, by the way, is for, um, you know, people to reach out to us and uh, let us know what we can do better. Um, You know, in the I guess you could say the comments part of Apple podcast as well. You know, let us know uh what we can improve here there everywhere and um you know just we ask that you continue to uh, send us all of the the ratings and the and the comments as well because that helps us to better this product uh in the end so um that being said like i said i don't want to talk too much here um we're going to get into the show which uh, as i said is about the coaching staff hires uh, that haven't been named official or deemed official yet Uh, But the reporters around the nation have been talking about them. Uh, But before we do that, you know where you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere. You can find a podcast, any major platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, as I've already said, TuneIn, Luminary, Stitcher, uh, you know, Google Play, you name it. We're pretty much everywhere uh, that you can find a podcast or, you know, a podcasting platform. Also, before we get into the show, we have a sponsor to shout out. As always, and of course, that is Bet Online. All right, so as everybody knows, the Super Bowl is here right around the corner, and you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Now, while this isn't necessarily football related, uh, me and Phil have discussed this before plenty of times in the past. Bet Online has a wide array of bets and, and stuff that you can go and uh, pretty much. Put money down on, most notably, as I said, me and Phil have discussed this. They had a uh, a bet recently, which is down now because the Royal Rumble is over. But with the WWE and the Royal Rumble, they had a prop bet up for who would win it. And as everybody know by now, at least I hope so, spoiler alert, uh, Bianca Belair won for the women's side and Edge won for the men's side. However, back to the football side of things. Uh, This weekend, the Tampa Bay Bucks will be the first team ever in Super Bowl history to host a Super Bowl in their own stadium, uh, which is neat in itself. And they are currently three point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, on the Kansas City Chiefs side, they also have a opportunity to make some history as well. They're looking for back-to-back titles. As we all know, they beat the San Francisco 49ers last year in the Super Bowl, and they will be the first team to do so in almost two decades. Of course, BetOnline has hundreds of prop bets on the game uh, that you can go and put money on, including the game MVP itself. Uh, that could be Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, you name it. Uh, the margin of victory and even the length of the national anthem. BetOnline is pretty much Always available, whether that's online or on your mobile devices, feel free to head on over and visit bet online today bet online your online sports book experts all right, so uh now, with that out of the way, I will get into today's show, as I said, I want to keep it brief, hopefully, and I always say that, and it never works out uh but we'll we'll try and stick to that and stay true to that. We're going to be addressing the coaching hires. And if you all have been following me on Twitter, uh, you would see basically that I really this year I've kind of been like uh, and I've always had this fascination for those who know me. Um, I've always had this fascination with coaches and coaching trees, should I say, and where this guy came from and what part of the branch of the tree this guy is from and this, that and the other. And I kind of, you know, I went heavy on that this year, at least on Twitter, um, explaining, you know, who Urban Meyer can get on his staff and who he has connections with, what uh, what part of the tree he's from, uh, you know, who, who are, um, you know, disciples under him and assistants under him, I guess, if you will, this, that and the other. And some of that stuff actually uh, came out to, uh, you know, be pretty accurate. In terms of who he interviewed, like Scott Linehan, who, you know, I was telling people, like, look out for Scott Linehan as Urban Meyer's mentor. uh, Somebody he's known dating back to college, so on and so forth. Um, But I digress from my point. Um, Just a big time coaching guy. I love coaching trees. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be an exciting episode for me. Now, again, none of this stuff has been officially confirmed, uh, but this has these are basically an accumulation of reports that have been uh, put out there by, you know, league insiders and reporters and this, that and the other about people they've interviewed and people that they plan on naming um, to these positions on the coaching staff. And by the way, you know, if you want to uh, do a timeline on this, it's Friday, February the 5th, and it appears most of the. Uh, main hires or the hires in general have been made uh, there may be a few small minor hires to get done uh, we will see uh, sometimes these things take time and you know when you're trying to do it as thoroughly as Urban Meyer uh, you know it, it could take a few weeks or so as it is and and not only that though but this this offseason is a little different in the sense that there is no combine uh, the only all-star game really the main one was the senior bowl so there is like a little downtime. There is a little time uh, for Urban Meyer to take his time here. And I kind of stressed that on Twitter. So uh, without further ado, we'll just get right into it. We'll look at the offensive staff. And as everybody is well aware by now, at least I hope, uh, Daryl Belville, uh, the former Lions interim head coach, will be the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We all know him most notably also from his time with the Seattle Seahawks. The Jacksonville Jaguars also agreed to terms to make Brian Schottenheimer another former Seahawk. And he was the offensive coordinator with the Seahawks after Daryl Bevel, as a matter of fact. So both Seahawks coordinators of the uh, of the past two reigns are coming here to Jacksonville. But Brian Schottenheimer is going to be the passing game coordinator as well as the quarterbacks coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Additionally, um, along with those two, but those are the two main hires, uh, Sanjay Lau will be joining the staff, former, uh, also another Seahawks coordinator. Um, And and we'll kind of talk about that. A lot of these guys being poached from the Seahawks. uh, But he was a former Seahawks, uh, I guess you could say, offensive assistant, offensive analyst type of deal with them but before that he was the Dallas Cowboys uh, wide receivers coach over there uh, with the guys and um, that's somebody that Phil would be well familiar with. Uh, Tyler Bowen you know he's going to be the tight ends coach he formerly was uh, a tight ends coach and just one of the higher ups in the coaching order for Penn State a lot of people will associate his name with the tight end there who is uh you know, widely regarded as a, as a top 45 pick uh, in the eyes of most or top 45 prospect, Pat Friermuth over there. And uh, yeah, look to see him in a lot of my mock drafts as well because the Jaguars need a tight end anyway. And a lot of people see Penn State as tight end university anyway. I mean, it's more to it than that as well. You know, Friermuth is a interesting prospect uh, to say the least. Uh, George Warhop is expected to be retained on the offensive staff and Uh, That looks like pretty much all of the ones offensively. I think, actually, no, it's one more to uh, mention that hasn't really been reported, but uh, it came from the source's uh, Twitter account himself, and that's Todd Washington, a former offensive line assistant, if I'm not mistaken, for the New York Jets. It looked like he was going to be with the New York Jets staff this year because uh, when uh, the coach, the head coach over there, Robert Sala, named his staff, uh, Washington was actually listed on the team's, uh, you know, the head coaching staff list. And uh, now, you know, come to find out a couple days ago, uh, Washington basically put it out there that he'll be joining the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I guess he wanted a change of scenery um, after the changes that were made over there with the New York jets. And he'll be joining the uh, group here and he'll be working probably under George Warhawk with the offensive line. So, um, in terms of all of those, again, like I said, I don't want to make this podcast too long, but um, the main two, Daryl Bevel, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, two former Seahawks coordinator, uh, coordinators under Pete Carroll. Daryl Bevel was the first one there, and then after that, Schottenheimer came after him, which was what 2017. They may have had a coordinator before uh, those two with Pete Carroll, uh, but I'm talking about the the two that are currently on the Jag staff. Now, you know, I guess with Bevel, what I will say, I, I like that hire and I said it on Twitter as well. Like, and, and look, we don't know what the future holds. That's not what I'm here to talk about in terms of all of that. And um, you know, we don't even know like per se what uh the goals of this staff is and the priorities of this staff is and this, that and the other. But what I will say about Daryl Bevel is that I like the hire. And I like it in a sense that you look at Daryl Bevel and you you look at what Urban Meyer wanted in this staff. And this is what I wanted Urban Meyer to add to the staff as well is, as a first year head coach. And he said this himself. He wanted to add a lot of basically NFL experience to the coaching staff. Daryl Bevel has plenty of that. He's been in the league uh, coaching for 20 years since two thousand. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, he started as an assistant or like a quality controls coach, if I can't, uh, if my mind serves me correctly with the Green Bay Packers, but he's moved his way up the order, of course. And, I mean, look, he's coached Brett Favre. He's coached Russell Wilson. He's coached Aaron Rodgers. Uh, You know, that's a good resume to have, you know, in, in addition to being in the league and coaching on the offensive side of the ball for 20 years. And, I mean, not only that, but, you know, something that's going to stand out in his resume is that, you know, he was an interim head coach. And, you know, that's what Urban Meyer needs, his former head coaches on the staff, albeit, you know, for Bevel, it was on an interim basis. I could argue that Bevel should have got the Lions job, albeit. I personally like Dan Campbell. I know the whole, you know, biting kneecaps stuff was weird and all of that. And that kind of freaked people out. But uh, the league loves him. um, And he was overdue for a coaching job as well. Uh but that's neither here or neither there. But when you look at this staff, the Jacksonville Jaguars staff, you want these super experienced guys around Urban Meyer. And um, you know, Daryl Bevel is that a former interim head coach is what I was saying before I got sidetracked there with the Lions. So he has that on his resume. And really, you know, Darrell Bevel, you know, probably has been in the mentioning for head coaching offers in the past when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. And one thing that kind of stands out to me is, you know, being with Seattle from 2000, I think it was 11 to 17. I think that says a lot when an offensive coordinator is in a destination that long. And albeit, you know, Pete Carroll has been there that long as well, which is that probably has to do with the, um, you know, the consistency there in terms of keeping the same coaches are trying to, but Still, in this day and age, you don't see a lot of offensive coordinators stay in a destination that long. That's telling that he did his job well and did it uh, very well while he was there. And I just think, like, the Seahawks have reached a point where, you know, the expectations are so high that they have to start using people as a scapegoat. And this is not me throwing dirt at the Seahawks organization. I love the Seahawks organization and this, that, and the other. But they've reached the top of the mountain to the point where now – you know, if you don't get results that's, you know, the Super Bowl or a Super Bowl win, somebody got to go. They've just reached that point, which is ridiculous in itself. Uh, But still, nonetheless, though, even with them taking that approach, if you look at what has happened with the Seahawks, right, since Daryl Bevel left, right, they still haven't been able to find the success that they were looking for when they fired him. Yeah, you could say he might have called a play uh to run or or uh to 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 pass the ball instead of going to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and that lost him the game, this that and the other. Okay. If he did, um, you know, there were repercussions behind it. And look, you can't hold that one play against him, by the way, for those who do, um there were repercussions behind it. He was fired, uh whether that was his call or Carroll's call or not. But look what the Seahawks have done since though they haven't done much since in terms of the playoffs. Like they haven't won a playoff game in what, what is it two or three years or something like that? Um, I'm I'm not quite sure, but it's been a while since they won a playoff game. So, you know, who's to say that approach of, you know, letting guys go when the, the results aren't the top of the order type of results. Uh, who's to say that's working for them. So, you know, Darryl Belville, you know, you, you might not can't hold that against Darryl Belville. Is that situation against him in, in terms of saying he's a bad coach? Uh, maybe it's just the, the Seahawks way uh, that's a bad approach that could be the issue, you know. But um, that being said, uh, they've also got rid of Brian Schottenheimer, somebody that Russell Wilson has personally come out the bat for and say, hey, I didn't want that guy fired. I wanted him here. Um, but nonetheless, he got fired. Again, Brian Schottenheimer, a wealth of experience. Uh, not as much as Bevel, but it's close. Maybe like 18 ish, 19 ish. Uh, it might be 20. Uh, but he's somebody that, of course, the son of the legendary Martin Sh- uh, Marty Schottenheimer has worked with Drew Brees, has worked with Doug Flutie, has worked with Philip Rivers. That is who you want around Trevor Lawrence as his position as coach. Yeah, screw. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I guess you can't say screw. What happened with the Seahawks and him getting fired, or I guess saying, yeah, I guess I could say they parted ways is how they put it. But that aside, he's not going to be the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you don't got to worry about play calling duties and all of that. This, that and the other. So that's why I say bump like the issues that occurred with Seattle and his firing with Seattle or his parting ways with Seattle is because, you know, he's going to be coaching a specific position. And yeah, he'll have a say in the passing game concepts, this, that, and the other. So expect a lot of what the Seattle Seahawks have done over the past, what, eight years or so to be incorporated here. But, you know, Brian Schottenheimer, again, going back to him, he's also worked with Andrew Luck. He's also kind of recently been in the college realm, which is good because, you know, you, you have that relationship uh, to go back on where you can relate to younger players like Trevor Lawrence, basically. And that was with Georgia. Now, albeit I'm a Georgia fan, And his run with with Georgia wasn't all that impressive, but still you have that experience with young men that can translate when it comes to coaching up Trevor Lawrence. So I love the hires from that standpoint. And, um, you know, those are the two that I'll get on in terms of the offensive hires, you know, maybe we'll talk about the other assistants later down the road and it'll be plenty of content on them on the internet or knowing Wire, and all of the other sites out there. So, um, you know, I'm not going to talk too much on them. Now, on to the defensive staff. Um, as we all know, uh, the top hire there, Joe Cullen, uh, he was formerly with the Jacksonville Jaguars in uh, 2010 to 12 under Jack Del Rio. Um, and you heard me in the last podcast say, you know, you when you go to practice or you went to training camp, you can hear Joe Cullen three fields down. And, uh, you know, that's a big time hire in my opinion, and I'll actually get on that later. But, you know, you heard what Austin had to say. Nothing but praise really coming from that hire. I know some people are like, well, you know, I was expecting bigger or whatever the case may be. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that. Um, then they also hired Zachary Orr most recently. He's going to be the outside linebackers coach. Um, Charlie Strong, by the way, is going to be the assistant head coach, it appears, but also Charlie Strong will coach – uh, perhaps they haven't said this yet, but the interior linebackers, because, um, you know, people believe that he could be a linebackers coach because he has some uh, history with coaching linebackers, most notably at Florida. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but Zachary Orr, uh, a former Baltimore Ravens linebacker, I think he is along the lines of 28 years old. So he's going to be like, basically the youngest coach on this staff He has the outside linebackers, which could indicate that the Jaguars are moving to a 3-4 or a hybrid 3-4. Still, nonetheless, uh, you don't want to speculate because there are some 4-3 teams, to my knowledge, that have outside linebackers, coaches, uh, but in all likelihood, uh, what this is saying that the the Jacksonville Jaguars are moving to a 3-4, probably a predominant 3-4 or at the least... Uh, a hybrid, so that, that's exciting in itself because a lot of fans have been wanting, uh, you know, a change in alignment. Albeit, you know, like it doesn't the alignment don't really matter. Getting the best out of your players is what does. I don't care if it's a 4 3 amoeba defense where everybody's standing up, as long as it works and it gets the best out of the players and it's effective, that's what's that's what matters at the end of the day. So, continuing on, um, defensive backs they will be coached up by uh Chris Ash. I'm a former assistant of Urban Myers as well. Uh, Chris Ash also, most recently, was a Texas defensive coordinator. He was also the Rutgers head coach, to my knowledge. And then they also they got an OG on the staff as well, and a uh, senior defensive assistant, Bob Sutton. Everybody probably will remember him from his most notable run uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs as their their defensive coordinator. And I think most recently. Yeah, if I can recall, he was with my second team, the Atlanta Falcons, with a similar role to this one. If I can recall. And uh, by the way, while we're talking about this, uh, it wouldn't shock me. uh, if Scott Linehan got the same type of a role with the offense, by the way, because as I said, like he Urban Meyer has raved about him being a mentor. uh, But that's neither here or neither there. So in terms of this, uh, also, I left off one, by the way. A defensive line coach, Tosh LePoy will be the defensive line coach. He was previously also, just like Bob Sutton, with the Atlanta Falcons. But people will know him from his most notable run was with the um, Alabama Crimson Tide as their defensive coordinator. So he's not that far removed from being there. I think it was 2017 that he was there. And I think in, like, 2018 and 19, he might have been with the Browns or something like that. Now, I'm just going – off the top of the dome here this is off the top of the dome type of knowledge here but i think that's how his timeline falls and um that being said you know of this group of defensive assistants again you just want to talk about the top ones uh so in this case it really would just be Cullen unless you know they name somebody else uh to a one one of these higher roles that's kind of like below the defensive coordinator but higher up than uh, the other assistants on the defensive side roles, but Cullen is really the main one. And we've pretty much said what we had to say about him in terms of, um, you know, the energy he brings uh, Austin Lane has spoke on the detail that he commands from uh, this team. I, I guess like we can really kind of talk and and a little dive a little bit more into maybe him using some concepts they use over with Baltimore because the Jaguars have a lot of three, four pieces to work with. Uh, you heard Austin say, you know, Josh Allen, Kayla one chase on, or, um, you know, basically outside linebackers in a three, four, they have Devon Hamilton who could probably play a uh, nose tackle or some kind of interior lineman in, in a three, four. And I mean, look, they've been running a four, three all of this time. So they can run hybrid concepts as well to mix it up, you know, because I mean, really that's what a lot of teams do anyway. You don't have like a lot of teams that are like wholeheartedly three four teams. I mean it may be some, but um for the most part you have hybrid three four teams that kinda uh they they uh I guess the alignment change accordingly or it changes accordingly to the opponent, which I mean that's a good thing. You know, you you adapt to the opponent and uh most importantly, you uh it looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the pieces they have will be adapting to the players and using some more 34 concept. So I'm excited to see it all unfold in terms of what goes on, on the defensive side. Uh, I would think it's probably some more um, assistance coming on that. And uh, one that I did uh, miss now that I think about it, Sterling Lucas also coming from the Baltimore Ravens as well with Zachary er- or Zachary Orr and Joe Cullen. And um, it hasn't been said what he'll do, but he'll probably be like a defensive line assistant or something like that. I'm um, another young guy that, you know, Basically, like I said in the last podcast, you pay attention to young guys because those are the guys that can end up being your head coach in five years. or so if you know Urban Meyer wants to call it quits and, uh, you know, Urban Meyer has won the Super Bowl and says, look, hey, it's now on, uh, you know, uh, my understudy or one of my understudies. He has multiple ones. It looks like it appears on this roster. It's on my understudy to continue where I left off, just as he kind of did with Ohio State and handing the reins to uh Ryan Day. So lastly, uh I guess I, I should touch on is um, one other hire that's the special teams coach Brian Schneider. Also under him will be um Carlos Polk from um former Chargers linebacker. I can remember him a lot because I used to play with the Chargers in terms of um on Madden on franchise mode back when I was playing Madden back in the day and you can tell that was a long time ago cuz as I've told y'all I haven't played a Madden in like five years, but back in the way back in the day when I was playing Madden, uh, Carlos Polk was one of the uh, guys on the roster there for the Chargers. He's going to be the special teams assistant. He was recently with the the Dallas Cowboys again as Phil's team, so he could probably shed some light on that. Uh, But he was with them. I think he was with the Tampa Bay Bucks at one point in time with Dirk Cutter. Um, But – you Know he's basically been a long time special teams assistant, uh, for many many years. I think dating back to 2009 to be exact. So, you know, that's a lot of experience in the special teams field, uh, that you know he brings to the table as as well as Snyder. Uh, but Snyder just isn't a player, uh, or he wasn't a former NFL player to my knowledge, but he was in the league dating back to when Pete Carroll first went to uh seattle so you know he has a wealth of experience in that category uh with those guys over there on that end so that being said um that's pretty much it in terms of uh, what we wanted to address like i say we wanted to keep this one brief and just really kind of go through the coaching hires and give some thoughts on it not necessarily the whole team or the whole staff but just give some thoughts on the main guys uh which i did there so In terms of what there is to look forward to heading forward, we're just going to stay on top of these hires on the site pretty much. And uh, that'll be what we're doing there, you know, covering a lot of what Trevor Lawrence is doing. Of course, he's training in California, covering a lot of what Urban Meyer is doing. Uh, Free agency is coming up, of course. They're not going to have the combine, so it's going to be a little bit of a different offseason unless they change their minds and decide to. I mean, me personally, looking at how the senior bowl was handled and they only had one like positive case in the whole situation. I don't even think that was a player. Uh, it looks like the the combine could be done correctly and safely. But, you know, that's neither here nor neither there. We, we're not going to have the combine. We're going to have a lot of pro days. Um, don't know what the draft process is going to be like. Of course, the draft is going to be hell, but I don't know if it's going to be a digital situation like last year, which was actually fun. Or if it's going to be a normal situation like the drafts in the past. But we'll see. Uh, But really, you know, on those spectrums, there isn't like a lot to cover because this is a different offseason. So we'll stick to what we know. And that's these coaching staff hires. And uh, that's the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also, we'll be looking into free agency as well. Because as we all know, that will happen. And, uh, you know, some news has been coming out about what could be um, the, the cap ceiling or the cap floor, should I say in free agency. So a little bit coming up about that, you know, we can talk about some free agency on uh Jaguars wires So those are some of the things you can look forward there, uh, forward to on there. And then in terms of the podcast, as we said, we're just going to be reaching out to guests and, uh, you know, speaking on people, not just about the Jaguars, but, you know, trying to reach out to people that, uh, you know, have covered urban Meyer in the past, uh, have covered a lot of these coaching um, assistants in the past, uh, whether it's Bevel, or McCullen, whatever the case may be, you know, to get more light, uh, have more light shed on those guys because um, really, you know, they are, you know, going to be key in turning this thing around just as well as the players are, of course, because, I mean, obviously that's the biggest part of this. But as I said, you know, that's pretty much all we have in terms of the content of the future. As always, we encourage you all to be safe out there, wear a mask, take care of each other, uh, be vigilant. And until then, I will be signing out and hopefully next time I'll have Phil. So this has been the Believe in Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. We believe the you will see you all next time.